Well, good morning. You know, next week, I really, really hope that you join us and that you don't just join us, that you really pray. Last week, we talked about your one. Who's your one person this year that you're going to invest in, that you're going to share hope with, that you're going to share your story with, that you're going to start inviting to church to come alongside you, whether it's in person or online. Who's that one person? I'm challenging you to start that process this week. Next week, we're starting a new series called Making the Most of Every Opportunity. We're going to take a journey through the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians. And we're going to see all the opportunities that we have in our relationships, in our home relationships, in our work relationships, in our church relationships, our relationship with Jesus, and our relationship with the world. Every relationship has opportunities. And I hope that you join us and that you identify someone in your line of sight that you can invite to come alongside with you in this journey through, the, through Ephesians to find the opportunities that you have to make a difference in your relationships. But today we're wrapping up our series, Together We Rise, saying yes to God's call. I want to show you this picture real quick. This picture, this is Queen Lafifa. FIFA for short. This is the Baalbach family dog. Isn't that, is she wonderful? I know, I know you like her. You know, I'll be honest with you. We've, we've had this dog for th- almost three years now. And leading up to our getting the dog, we debated as a family. Our boys begged us. And my wife and I, we went back and forth. And to be honest, we had all the excuses. We had all the excuses why we did not want a dog. We didn't want a dog because, well, we didn't want other messes to clean up. I, I didn't really want to be training or walking the dog. I didn't want all those responsibilities. I, to be honest, I just liked how life was. I liked how life was. I liked the fact that we could just get up and go as a family. And to be honest, I didn't want anything to mess that up. And then the boys talked us in to get in this miniature schnauzer that we now call Queen Lafifa or FIFA for short. You know, and to be honest, I saw an opportunity once we got her. See, there's opportunities within us having a dog. And I'm not trying to sell a dog on you, don't get me wrong. But for us, I had an opportunity, and that was family bonding moments. Because as a family, we worked together at training her, at, at taking her to dog parks and teaching her to sit and to high five and to roll over and do the puppy push-ups, which I really love getting her to do the puppy push-ups because then I can say I did push-ups, but I really didn't. And uh, it makes me feel like I'm more in shape than I really am. But it was so amazing, the opportunities that that provided. You know, the truth be told, life is full of opportunities, For all of us, life is full of opportunities. Every challenge that we have, every circumstance that we face in our life is an opportunity for God to do something. And so often we get overwhelmed with life, we feel like we get beat up with life, and we feel like we're kind of out in the left field trying to figure out how to get through with life. But I'm going to challenge you right now. In every moment of your journey, in every challenge you face, there is an opportunity. Find it. Find it. Because in that opportunity, you can make the most of your relationships. You can make the most of your ability to be light in other people's lives that we talked about last week. You can make a significant difference if you just identify those opportunities. Because with every opportunity, we have a decision to make. We can either have excuses as to why we can't do it or why it's too hard for us. Or we can make a decision to take a step. 
unfortunately, sadly, too many times, many of us, we use the excuses. We use the excuses. Nobody likes excuses, but let's be real, we all use them, don't we? We get frustrated when other people give us excuses, but if we're real, we use excuses as well. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a man by the name of Moses. Moses was a Hebrew. He was raised in the Egyptian family. He was in Pharaoh's family line. He, you know, he was kind of adopted by them. And he, he was a Hebrew, people, Hebrew person. And his nation, his people were enslaved to the Egyptian people. You fast forward to Exodus chapter 3. Moses was out tending the flock of his father-in-law. And he came around this area where he saw this bush that was on fire, but it, wasn't, it was not burning up. And Moses kind of goes, whoa, that's kind of cool. This is the Bill Balbach version of the Bible, just in case you were wondering. Well, that's kind of cool. Well, what is that? i got to check this out. And so he walks up there. And as soon as he approaches the bush, God speaks to him audibly, Moses, Moses, take off your sandals because you are on holy ground. Moses takes off his shoes. I'm sure the stench of his feet were starting to rise up. And he was like, oh, man, that's really bad. And then God began to speak to him. Moses, I have something for you to do. I am calling you to something. Can I be honest with you? Many times we have encounters with God. Sometimes we don't even realize it. So often our encounters with God, like Moses, happens in the normal and the mundane of life. But so often we have encounters with God, and every encounter with God is not this to feel good or have this jolly moment with God, like, oh, that was kind of cool. I felt so good. I'm inspired now. No, every encounter with God, you know what's the purpose? To call you to something. To call you to something. To motivate you to a purpose for his kingdom. And that's what, we have, that was what we see in the Bible over and over again, and that's what we see happening here with Moses. In the ordinary He's just taking care of the sheep. He saw this crazy bush burning up. And in the ordinary moment of his day-to-day activities, something extraordinary, something supernatural happened. God spoke to him through the burning bush, and he called him to a purpose. God was calling him to a big old task, to free the people of Israel, to free the Hebrew people that were now enslaved to the most powerful nation that that world had ever known at that time. To go against the people that kind of raised him up to say, guys, we can't do this anymore. The strongest leader, the strongest nation, God was calling this knucklehead, crazy sheep guy, Moses, with stinky feet, to go to the, the greatest leader of the world and kind of call him out. Can you believe that? And you can just imagine what began to go through Moses' mind. Oh, man, that's, no way. This is not going to happen. And from this moment on, we see a series of excuses that Moses provided. And I'll just be honest with you. As I read through his excuses, I see the reality of the excuses that I tend to have. And let's just be real right now, the excuses that we all tend to have. I... I've used them, and I've heard them, and I'm sure you have too. You know, we have all these excuses. And within Moses' story, in Exodus 3, we see the heart of the excuses that we tend to have revealed through Moses' journey. The first excuse is this. I'm not good enough. 
You know, so often we walk around and we say, you know what, that's great, Bill. I hear what you're trying to tell me to do or call me or ask me to do, but I'm just not the right person. I am not good enough. And can I just be honest with you? Sometimes we get so hard on ourselves that we beat ourselves down that we have the inability to see ourselves the way that God sees us. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What do you see? Because if you're like me, and I have those moments too, I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. Maybe it's because of the choices I made. Maybe it's because my hair's sticking up in the wrong places. Whatever it may be, I just look at the mirror and I think, that, who could like that? And I bet you have those moments too. We just don't think we're good enough. Moses put it this way in Hebrews, I'm, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Do you see that? He just said, who am I, God? I, I mean, what do you see in me? And can I just be real with you? Every excuse that we have, God always provides an answer. Every excuse that Moses had, God provided an answer. And here he told Moses, hey, Moses, guess what? I will be with you. God's answer was a little bit lengthier than that, but that's kind of like the Bill Baumbach version. I will be with you. You know what's so amazing with those words? Are the promises that God reveals in this moment. He always promises us, us that he will never leave us alone. Whatever you're going through in life, whatever hardship you're facing, whatever you're so scared to take a step into, know this, God will never leave you alone. He won't. He's always by our side. And in our weaknesses, he gives us his strength. That's what we're taught in the New Testament with the Apostle Paul. Quit looking at yourself in doubt and see yourself the way that God sees you. You are significant. And in your weakness, he will make you strong. He will give you the strength that you need. You know what the second excuse that Moses had that we tend to use? It's I don't know enough. Can I just be honest? I hear this all the time. And some of you know, Bill, when you see me walking, Bill, don't ask me to be a growth group leader again. I don't know enough, Bill. I, you know, we use that excuse all the time, don't we? And can I be real with you? I've been there too. I went to Bible college, and I was one of the dumbest people at Bible college. I felt so overwhelmed, you know, because I sat there in those Old Testament classes and listened to this, th this professor that I thought was amazing and starting to talk about stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And everybody else is nodding their heads thinking, they all know it. I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I felt so dumb. But then as I grew in my knowledge at Bible college, I felt so strong. You know why I felt strong? Because every time I was stumped with a question, I ran to one of my professor's offices. And I was like, give me the answer. I, I don't know how to answer this person. I don't know what to say. And they would give me the textbook answer. Perfect. And I would go say it verbatim. I felt so wise. Then came the day when I graduated. And I moved away from Cincinnati to start ministry full-time. And can I just be real with you? I'm just being honest with you, the, the insecurities that I had. Because all of a sudden I was like, man, I don't have those smart professors that I can just run to the office anymore. You know, what if someone's, there's a lot of really smart people out there. 
I mean, they're going to stump me with a question, questions I've never even heard before. You know, I don't even know what to do. I'll be honest with you, one of you guys asked me a question not too long ago. I was like, I don't know the answer. And sometimes there's freedom in just saying, I don't have the answer. But let's look it up together. Let's figure it out. You know, sometimes we get overwhelmed because we don't think we have enough knowledge. But God's not looking for the smartest person. He's not. And you know, God taught me something through the game of golf. I'm not a big golfer. I'll just be real with you. When I was growing up, I was more of a par three type of a guy. Par three, driving range. I was a killer on the mini golf routine. I didn't really play a full round of 18 until I was in my 20s with some of you knuckleheads. You know, but I, I, I remember going on to those, those, that green with some of the people that I played golf with, and I was so afraid. I was, I was nervous. You know why I was nervous? Because, man, these guys are probably good. I mean, and, and the thing that really made me nervous was lining up at the tee and having everybody watch me. And like, Bill, that's an awful shot. And, and I'll be honest with you, my hits are like dink dunks. You know, it's like, boy, I got it about 10 feet, guys. You know, and they're nailing out like 300 yards. And I, and, but I learned something there. Those guys weren't that good either. They, 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 they weren't good at it either. They were hitting dink dunk balls. And I realized something. God taught me something about life in that moment. We're all kind of in the same playing field. We're all kind of in the same boat, aren't we? You know, we may all have different positions, different roles in life, different status quos, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is this. In a lot of ways, we're all the same. We're just all the same. We get intimidated because we don't think we know enough. But maybe we just need to realize that we're all searching for the same life questions. We're all wrestling with similar life battles. Let's just be real. That's what God desires, and that's what most people are. You know, Moses put this excuse this way. He said, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? You know, God, he's saying, you're telling me to go to the greatest nation in the world, smartest people this world has ever known at the time, and you're telling me to call them out. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. What am I supposed to say? You know, God told Moses, you know, here's the thing. You're going to ask, who's going to send you? I got the answer for you. You just tell them, I am. That's one of the most powerful names this world has ever known. What God is saying, you just tell them, I am the creator that everything that is. The God of all your, for, all your fathers. The, the one who gives and the one who takes away. I am the one who sends you. You tell them that, Moses. This name is so powerful. In fact, in the New Testament, when Jesus was being arrested, they said, who are you? I am. And the soldiers fell to the ground. That name is the most powerful name in all the world. And God is saying, Moses, you go and you tell them, I'm with you. They, you, they ask you a question, you just tell them, I'm with God. He's got me. I'll give you the strength, Moses. And I believe he gives that the same thing too. Gives us the same thing too. Let me just tell you something right now, my friends. 
whatever God calls you to, he always equips you for. He does. I've seen it in my life. There's been so many times when God says, Bill, it's time for you to go. I don't think so, God. This isn't the right fit. I don't think I can really do this. No, Bill, I'm calling you. I'm equipping you. I'm, I'm going to take care of you. And he says the same thing for you too. So often we don't take the step because we're too fearful of what we, what we feel is our shortcomings, that we miss out on the reality that God's the one who equips us, and he's waiting for us to take the step. And when we take the step, then he unleashes his greatness. Take the step. Take the step. The third excuse that, that uh, Moses had was people won't respond well to me. You know, you know, sometimes our doubt in ourselves can be crippling. Sometimes we tend to get so low self-esteem of ourselves and we assume that that's how people see us. We think that I look horrible, that I'm awful, that I don't like myself, and then we get so down on ourselves that we think other people view us the same way. Can I just tell you something? They don't. Don't beat yourself up. People don't see you the same way you see you. God, don't let Satan twist your mind. I pray that you will see yourself the way that the creator who loves you, who created you, sees you. You are his child. You are a magnificent creation that he created for a purpose. He did not make a mistake when he created you. Stop thinking that. Stop thinking that. You know, Moses put this excuse this way in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. He answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Like, you're just making this up, Moses. God didn't really come to you. And then God says, Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand, Moses? Well, God's my staff. I use it every day. I kind of hit the sheep. I lean on it. It's just my, it's my tool, God. He says, through that staff, I'm going to reveal myself. Through the normal tool that you use, through the normal reality of your life, through your faithfulness, Moses, I will reveal myself through you. Just take the step. You see, my friends, God's just looking for faithfulness. That's all he's looking for. And he will use the normalcy of your life, the, the, the everyday tools that you use. He will use you in great ways. Just through your faithfulness, he will reveal his wonders. He will. He just is asking, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? Moses didn't stop there. Like many of us, we just have this list of excuses. And it's like, go on and go on. And, and Moses then goes back and says, okay, I hear that God this sounds wonderful. But I got one more problem. You see, Moses had some speech issues. And you know, our fourth excuse is that sometimes we see our own physical limitations and we allow them to hold us back. We see our physical shortcomings. We say, well, I, I would love to do this, but I just can't. Because physically, I just, you know, I, I don't have it. And, and people will see that and think differently of me, whatever it may be. And let's just be real. Sometimes we're, we're, we have that as a stumbling block. But let me just remind, this is what I, let's just remind ourselves. This is what I lean on. Paul writes in the New Testament, in our weaknesses, 
he will make us strong. Stop thinking that God is only looking at your strengths because honestly, he usually doesn't look at your strengths. He's looking at your weakness. Why? Because in your weakness, he reveals the true reality of who he is. He's just looking for faithfulness. That's what he desires. Moses put it this way as he talked to God in uh, Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. Pardon your servant, Lord. I have another eloquent. You like that? I have another eloquent excuse, God. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And God says, all right, Moses. Your buddy old Aaron over there. Bring him along. He'll be your speaker. You be the leader. He'll be the speaker. You see, through every excuse, God's answer was consistent. I am with you. Go ahead, throw out an excuse. And God's answer will be consistent. I am with you. You might need to go home and say that like three times, maybe a dozen times. Because I need to repeat it myself so many times. God is with me. Why don't you just try it right now. Say it. God is with me. Do you believe that? Because it's true. Maybe you don't see it. Because you're so focused on the problem, you're not seeing the opportunity. But God is with you. You know what's the problem with excuses? Through all of our excuses, it's not really the heart of the issue. See, excuses are just the branch, but the reality is there's a tree that's the real issue. The tree is this. The heart of our excuses is a lack of interest or commitment. That's what it really boils down to. Your excuses are just revealing the reality of your heart. saying, I, I just don't really want to do it. That, that's really the problem. And ultimately, that was Moses' problem. He just did not want to go. He did not want to be that person. Maybe life was too uncomfortable. Uh, Maybe he was too scared of going in front of Pharaoh. Whatever it, the issue was, he just did not want to go. Moses told God in verse 13, pardon me, your servant. I can just see Moses. God, pardon me, God. One more thing. Can you just send somebody else? I mean, I'm running out of excuses, God. I'm just going to say it. Can you send somebody else? And I think if we really boil down to it, that's where our heart tends to be. God, I, you know, I hear what you're calling, but can you just send somebody else? Don't, I don't want to be, I'm too comfortable in my life right now. I, I, things are really going good. I don't want to rock the boat. That, that's too scary. I, I don't want to take that step, whatever it might be. Deal with the real hard issue. Because in life, you know what? Here's the truth. In life, if it's important to you, you're going to find a way to do it. I mean, that's just the reality. If it's important to you, you're going to find a way to do it. You think I'm wrong? I mean, for those of you parents with kids in sports, you find a way to make it work even though you say you're super busy. You know, you find a way to make finances work on things that you really want to get. I remember back when I was in Cincinnati, I worked in the inner city and I was in Lower Price Hill. And there was a family in need. And they, they were in trouble with the school because the school found out that they did not have enough beds for all their kids. And I went, so we in the church were like, let's, we, let's deal with it. Let's deliver it. Let's set it up for them. And me and one of my college buddies, we got the bed. We took it to their house. And when I walked in the house, I'll be honest with you, I got so angry. You know why I got angry? 
because we were carrying this bed in and we were doing all this work. And there was the dad and his son playing PlayStation on a super big TV. And I got so angry and I was just thinking, what in the world? I know you physically can help us. And you're saying you can't afford a bed for your kids, but there you are in front of a big old screen TV where you don't have money, but you can buy that. Now, let me just be honest with you. I had to work on myself because we cannot walk away and say, see, those people, they can do better. That's not the right answer, my friends. Don't use that as an excuse to not serve Jesus because then you're wrong. And my heart was wrong. I don't know the full story of their family. But I do know this because I've been guilty of it. There's been time when I say, I just don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I can't really give more. But if I'm just real with myself, I could. I was just choosing to spend my time or spend my dollars on things that gratified me more. I wasn't really focused on the kingdom. That's my challenge to you. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. So I guess the question is, where's your heart? Where's your heart right now? What is your level of interest? What motivates you? How have you seen God work in your life? I mean, I'm, I'm challenging right now with this question. How committed are you to Jesus and the cause of the kingdom? How committed are you? Because I'm standing before you humbly asking you for, for a step in commitment to the kingdom. To share his hope. To share his love in this world that so desperately needs it. To use your gifts. To use your God-given talents for the mission. Because God, like Moses, will use you in significant ways if you justly, simply say yes. You see, my friends, God has given you gifts and passions. But he's seeking a willing heart. That's what it boils down to. He's gifted you. He's given you passions. And he wants you to use those gifts and those passions for his sake, for his mission, for his kingdom. And like Moses, he's just asking, will you say yes? You know what made the difference with Moses and all the other great people in the Bible that we think is so amazing? They were just a bunch of crazy knuckleheads that had excuses just like you and I. That finally God broke down the excuses and they just said, Yes. Yes, God. I want to experience you more. I want to be your vessel. I want you to use me to share your hope and your love. You see, don't forget this. God will always equip those he called. And God has called you specifically to a purpose for his kingdom. And when you say yes and take that step... He will equip you, and he will give you all the wisdom you need. He will guide you. His promise is true. He will always be there. But he's just looking for someone to say yes. Yes, God. Use me. Moses finally was broken down from his excuses, and he, I think, begrudgingly said yes. But you, you know the story. What amazing things God did through him simply because he was faithful. And what amazing things God can use to do through you if you're just faithful. If you just say yes. It's as simple as this picture. 
That's what this is all about. God's not looking for the smartest or the bravest, cool, coolest kid in town. He's looking for someone to say, God, I don't have much, but I got my heart. I, I just have me. And can I tell you something? That's all God desires. Just your willingness, God. It's, I just have me. Will you use me? He's just looking for that willing heart to say yes. But sometimes, like Moses, I think some of us, he needs to break down those excuses. He needs to break down the barrier in our hearts that put those excuses us that sometimes just needs to say, God, yes. You know, the church, the church, it's not this building. It's us. It's us, you, at home right now. It's us. It's the people. The church is the people that comes together for a mission that God has called us to. And as individuals, God has gifted us to, to, that we can then equip as a collective body each other to fulfill the mission of Christ, to love others, to be hope in his world. You see, you have a purpose in this body. God has equipped you within this body that individually, when we say yes, then collectively, God will do great things as we help equip each other for the purpose of the mission. That's what all of our ministry teams are all about. God gave us all gifts to serve the kingdom together. And remember, what he equipped you, what he called you to, he will equip you. He's just looking for that willing heart. And so my challenge is, are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to say yes? The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. For just as each of us have, has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs all to the others. Did you catch it? We're like just a big old body. And I might be over here, this left arm, and I'm looking for a right arm. Because you know what? I can only be a left arm. Who's willing to be the right arm? Who's willing to be the left foot and the right foot? We need you. Because you know when you get those aches and pains, all of a sudden you realize how important every part of your body is. And the same is true in the church. We can only be as strong as our weakest body. We need you. Will you say yes? Will you join us? Because God is doing something amazing. You know, 2020, as we said before, was a crazy year. But 2021, we will rise. And together, God will do amazing things. He's just looking for your faithfulness. And so it's my challenge to you. Today, we're going to end things a little bit different than normal. Okay? You probably are sitting on something right now. Got this little card. You know, I challenge you to look it over. I'm at, we're going to be asking everybody to go out these doors to the turf field. And there's some people out there that will meet you. If you're online right now, they're showing you right now how you can see this card. There's people right now in the chat room that's, that's there to talk to you. And I'm just challenging you right now, look at this card. Some of you guys have already said yes, and I thank you so much because you are doing extraordinary things. And some of you are kind of in that wheelhouse that's like, I haven't joined yet. And I'm asking you today, if that's you, will you say yes? Will you join? God has a purpose for you. We need you on this team. Because God is doing amazing things.
Will you take the time today to check out this card? Put your information on the front. Look on the back, and there's a bunch of our ministry teams. Find something that you may be like, I I have gifts and talents in there, or I'm passionate there, or I know someone that's on that team. I'd love to serve with them. Whatever it might be, maybe check a box or two, a circle or two, what you might be interested in. You can drop it in the offering containers you go out, but also going out here, there's going to be some tables with more of these cards with some of our great team members already that would love to help talk to you, share, uh, answer any questions that you may have about what's going on. And like I said, online, there's people right now that you can talk to to answer some questions about ways that you can be a part of it. And you know what? Let me just tell you something. I know right now COVID kind of makes life a little bit of a challenge, but I believe all my heart that one day COVID's going to be done. One day soon it's going to be over. And my hope is that we as impact, as a body, can come out of COVID season running so hard with teams that are fired up for Jesus, willing to serve him, that when the floodgates open, we'll be ready to share his hope. We'll be ready. And I'm just asking, will you join us? Will you join us? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be done, and you can fill out those cards, drop them off, but go out here, and you can meet some more people to hear their hearts of what serving here means for them, and you online as well. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. We thank you because you have done amazing things. And right now in this moment, Father God, I just humbly ask you to use us individually and collectively for your glory. Lord, there's people right now that I know that maybe you've never thought about this before. People right now that have been filled up with all the excuses as to why they cannot. But Lord, I pray in this moment you show them why they can. And that's because of you. You've gifted us. You equip us. And Lord, like Moses, may in this moment, may we just say yes. And like Moses through us, may you just reveal your greatness. It's in your name we pray. Amen.